Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Giving Hope Podcast. On today's episode, I had the lovely, wonderful pleasure of interviewing my sweet husband of 21 years, Ryan Lawley. On this episode, Ryan and I talk about marriage and owning a business and even his beautiful beard. (laughs) I hope you really enjoy Hope with Ryan Lawley. Yeah, I have plenty of power. All right. So this is a special edition of Giving Hope Podcast. Probably the best one. <laughs> Shh. I have the way for the intro. God. <clears throat> um, I have my wonderful husband. <gasps> Why are you laughing? <laughs> uh, Ryan is here I'm in wonderful. the house. Yes, you are wonderful. Thank you. And uh, welcome to the Giving Hope Podcast. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm the first man. Man. Man, man. <laughs> All right. I feel honored to be the first man. Yes. Um, so we're going to ask a few questions. I've really wanted him to be on here for a long time now. Um, and... We hardly see each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we make it work. Uh, so I wanted you to be on here so that people can ask questions because I always get questions about marriage and family and our business and everything like that. So I thought what better way than to have you on here so you can answer some of the questions that people have given. Sweet. Yeah. So we're just going to get on, get started. So, um, where are these questions coming from? The questions are coming, some are coming from Facebook. Like the first three questions are four questions are from Facebook. I actually need to get out um, the other question. Let's see if I can find it. Because we had a couple of new questions pop up from Facebook. And I wanted to make sure that we got those in. But we will start with first question. is from actually my Aunt Valerie. First question. First question uh, is from Aunt Valerie. And she wants to know... How we renew our love for one another. <laughs> How we renew? Why did I laugh? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my gosh. She's like, I have them all fooled. <laughs> yes, you don't know. You don't know. Um, yeah, so we've actually had a couple questions about our relationship, and I just thought this was, this is a pretty good. Uh, I think I, I think it's mostly like, how do we keep our love for each other going after all these years. Yeah, renew makes it sound like it kind of goes away and then you got to bring it back. And yeah. Then it goes away and then you bring it back. Yeah. It never goes away. It never goes away. It's never gone away. It's always, yeah. I love you more. Right. Day. Yeah. We're a little disgusting when it comes to how much we actually love each other. Because um, we really do. We honestly do. And we we took our marriage vows very seriously. We had long conversations about marriage before we got married Mm -hmm. and how how many times we would look say how we'd look forward to like this moment oh my gosh like because my parents were married this long when we got married this amount of time when we got married married? we've been married for 21 years what why coming up on 22 almost 22 in march march what uh 23rd no 26th (laughs) wow that's staying in there (laughs) 
Nothing is on the 23rd. <laughs> Six is a multiple of three. Yes, okay. Yeah, you're re-reaching now, boy. Um, but... I was thinking, so I was thinking 326. It was the third month, so the mm-hmm. third copy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I think it's mostly we just we made a decision a long time ago that no matter what, because no one's perfect, there's going to be tons of things <laughs> that you are going to get aggravated about each other. And there's going to be thing, times where you're going to disappoint each other. But at the end of the day, what matters is that that person is whom hopefully God has given you to to live life with and he knew what he was doing hopefully you were in obedience to God and you weren't stepping outside of his will but if he knew what he was doing and I believe he knew exactly what he was doing when he brought us he together um I think there's no other explanation it, it's important for us to work to make it work so I don't know what are some things that we do for each other um, what do you think you know I, I I don't know if I can think of a lot of things, but <laughs> the main thing that popped in my head was that we always tell each other we love each other. Yes, every day. Because it said, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then as part of it, sometimes when you don't feel things, you know, you speak things into existence. Yes. That's scriptural. You speak things into existence. So if you speak something long enough, it's going to happen. Yes, it is. Whether mm-hmm. you feel it or not. Now, I think we feel it. Yes, we do, we do feel it, definitely. We, there's, I don't but, think there's a day that goes by that I don't say, I love you. You're yeah. Like, I no, love no. you more. And I'm like, no, I love you more. Yes. It becomes like a competition. Like I said, we're a little disgusting to most people. and uh, But I think the fact that we say it all the time oh, yeah. means something. Like it's a self, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> because to say it, yes. then I feel it. Yeah. And then I say it more and then I feel it. I think, and even on days, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, on days where I'm not feeling especially loving, I purposely... (laughs) Those are the days that I'm like, I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm like, okay, God. Okay, God. I get it. I get it. He's great. Whatever. Um, (laughs) But it's like, I think I always make sure that I purposefully think about all the things I do love about you. Like I think like about what? what we've gone. Make a list. <laughs> let, let me hear these things. Um, I think about all that we've been through. I think about the times when I was in the hospital, or whenever you had to drive me to the hospital. That time when my cyst burst. Yeah. You know, and I just felt his hand over my chest, praying for me all the way to the hospital, or like when we had the boys and just. Little things like that, that, you know, seeing me walk in to the justice of the peace when we got married, you know, Mm -hmm. in your face while we were telling each other, you know, our vows, like I can still remember those things. And I try to keep those at the front because it's just like with God, there's so many things that we can use that the devil, honestly, or the enemy or even our flesh can use to get us distracted away from the love that God has for us. And we, we we forget because so many things distract us from that love that God has for us that we start seeing all the negative things that go on in this world. And then we start getting distracted that we forget how much God loves us that he sent us Jesus. Same thing with our spouses and our, and our loved ones. When we allow those things of this world to distract us, we can forget why we were with this person and how much we love this person. And then we can turn into that sacrificial love and then we, and we can actually get through anything. And I think, I know me personally, that's what I practice. I practice that purposefully 
that no matter how aggravated I ever get with Ryan, what? which I promise you <laughs> isn't a lot. I was going to say okay. it's not really a lot. Okay. I, I like mean, compared, <laughs> compared to what I hear from a lot of marriages, we are blessed. I tell you what. And I count every single blessing, but I tried to mentally think about those things so I can keep that in the forefront of my brain and then it and then it helps me be quicker to forgive you or even ask for forgiveness when it's my turn when it's my time that I've done something that I've hurt you or said something whenever I've been short-tempered or whatever that it helps me to it helps to do that so um I think that's how Mm -hmm. we not renew but maintain maintain that's a good word maintain our love for each other okay this there's a couple of them like this. Um, Next question. Sherry Bevington asks. This is from Facebook. Hello, Sherry. Uh, what are some must dos, quote unquote, for raising boys to be good men, especially godly men? And Jess um, Roseman asks, what is um, any advice for raising boys after God? Hmm. So the about same same pretty much question. So we're gonna lump them together. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I know these are like deep questions. Yeah, they're really some of them are silly, so we'll have some fun. You know, I, I just have to go because I haven't pre-read these questions. No, normally no, no. I have them sitting in front of me, but he yeah, he's not reading them. Like, normally we do our little FAQ thing for our, our business, mm-hmm. and I copy and paste and yeah. edit all the questions. So, so you've I, read so I know them. ahead of time before we do them. Now it's the yeah. opposite. You know, so I just have to go with my first thought. And, uh, first one is you have to model it. Yeah. Because kids are copycats. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So they copy what they see, you know. Right. And uh, maybe it was Joe McGee one time said something about like, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, parents spending time with their kids and stuff. It's like, but what right. kids need to see is they need to see the dad who loves their mom. Mm-hmm. It's okay if dad works a lot of hours or dad has to do, he's taking care of, you know, making a living, paying the bills, doing all those things. He's busy. But if they see that, you know, he... You know, they, they see what you model. Right. So those those times that you are there or you are around or you're in the, you know, because you got to work. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, know, have you, to, you have to go to a job. You yeah. have to do those daily things. That's but the true. moments when you're home, it's like, what are you like when you're at home? Right. You know, are you are you modeling it on a consistent basis? You know? Yeah. And that's generally what to do. They'll, they, they usually copy. Right. Yeah. And for us, I think that that we've been very, again, intentional about um, showing our love and affection, not only to us, but towards the boys. You know, we say, I love you. Like they hear us say that. They hear us say, you know, I I love you. I love you more. And we, you know, we gross them out all the time. Um, But we also tell them that they love them. Now, when it comes to raising godly men, I think that's key um, because... Children, you can, you can share scripture all you want, but if you act like a jerk face. Right. If you act like a, I'm just going to say, if you act like a jackass. That's what I was going to say, but I thought <laughs> no, this was okay. G-rated. No, this okay. is, we're, we're adults here. Oh, we can be real real. We can be real real. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, preach all you want to, but if you're a jackass. You're you, not going to. Like when you're cooking dinner yeah. or you're taking out the trash, it's like, that's what they see. Honestly, a lot of children, their faith is tied into their parents' identity. If they if they see that their fair parents lack love and trust with each other, then they're not gonna they're not gonna see the love and trust that they can have with God, mm-hmm. and this is the most important part of the Ephesians um, scripture of 
the husbands love your wives and wives submit to your husbands. And then it's children obey your parents. It doesn't say husbands you know. love your children. No, it says don't, don't uh, provoke, provoke them, them to wrath. But it's, but whenever your husband, whenever the husband, I believe, is being walking in a godly way towards the wife, mm-hmm. then the children, and he lives the life where he knows that he talks about Jesus and he talks about God. That's all great, well and good. But if he doesn't love his wife like Christ loves the church, you're going to have kids that are going to walk away from God. Mm-hmm. That is just 100%. I can look through every single friend and every single family member that has had broken homes. And I promise you 100% of the time, neither one or the other or neither of the parents truly walk their life out. Um, And especially if the dad doesn't, if the dad doesn't go to church, if the dad doesn't lift his family up, if the dad doesn't pray, if they've never heard their dad worship, if they've never heard their dad love their mother, then more than likely you have a recipe for disaster where a child will walk away from God. Now, if you have a father like my father, um, he, he was that example for me. So not only did I um, love Jesus because the example my dad had, because I know my dad loves my mom and I know he adores her, but I also had the example of him walking out his faith in the best way he knew how and loving God and loving other people. So yeah, it goes back to what Ryan says. I believe that it's, it's a monkey see monkey do. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and cultivates that through his, through his word. You can, you can read your Bibles. You, we can say, read your Bibles X amount of times. Yeah. Cause we've done that. But when it comes down, when the roar the rubber meets the road is living your life mm-hmm. in a way that honors God. Yeah. But even if your dad wasn't like that, see, my dad was not like that. Right. My dad was not like your dad. Right. My dad is the opposite of your dad. Right. So yes. it's like, I did not have a good role model. Right. Spiritually. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we went to church, you know, went to church, did the little dog and pony show, said the right things, all that, the right mm-hmm. for the right people, knew how to knew how to play the game. You know, so we were in church, but most of that, I think, was my mom. Yeah. But we were there. But <clears throat> while I was there, it's like I learned about Jesus, accepted mm-hmm. Christ, you know. So even though my dad didn't model that for real at home, right. I was around. I grew up in the church. Yes, that's true. And because of God. Right. You know. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit will take over yeah. with the seeds that were planted. Yeah. But even in those moments where your dad wasn't necessarily always there, he did go. Oh, yeah, he was there. You know, mm-hmm. where a lot of dads won't even show up. Yeah. Well, know? and there was a point, though, where he, he wouldn't for, like, work stuff. Yeah. And my mom was adamant about, that's fine, but, you know, Ryan's not going to work with you on those weekends. He's Because he goes to church. Like, what 16-year-old boy gets up and goes to church? Like, right. of his own volition, drives himself, doesn't, you know. Right. And like, you know, part of the working together was like, that was going to take me out of that for like two weekends a month. And she was like, yeah. no, no, that's not happening. <laughs> She's like, uh, Rose put her foot down. Yeah. So my <laughs> mama was like, uh, that's fine. But you know, your, your only son wants to go to church. So yeah. But then that puts you around other men right. that were godly men yeah. who love their wives, mm-hmm. that you saw that. And so that helped mm-hmm. plant those seeds that the Holy Spirit could work with. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how, I mean, honestly, that's how you do it. We've allowed our boys to ask questions. That's another way. Don't, don't let, don't have your home so stuffy that you don't, just because you don't have the answer to whatever questions they have, whether it's evolution to creationism, whether it is, if God exists, if Jesus exists, have open dialogue, 
allow them to ask questions, allow them to have doubts and and then give them scripture to balance those doubts. Show them what the world is like without God. Don't hide them from the world. Allow them to see what, that the wages of sin is death. That's one thing that we have done with the boys. We will use other people's lives, life examples. We're like, see, this is what happens. And yeah, your life might not be perfect because you are in church, but I promise you it would be a whole lot easier to overcome the things that are going to come at you if you stay around church and you stay close to God. And we don't pretend to be perfect. Uh, yeah, try, no, listen, God, listen, no. Listen, son, yeah, I've made no. mistakes. <laughs> yes, we've we've told them and we have been very honest about our life and our and our and our mistakes and we tell them it's like there's nothing that you can do to get you out of out from underneath the love that we have for you. I don't care what decisions you made. I don't care what you're doing in life. We will always love you. Now we might allow just like God does you to stumble, you know, if, if worst case scenario, go to jail, whatever it is, because you need to know that there's consequences to your actions. But at the end of the day, we will always love you just like God did. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we established that at a very young age and we reiterated it so they can openly tell us whenever they feel bad um, or, or whatever is going on in their life. And I think that's helped solidify their understanding that God is like that too. So there are times whenever the boys won't come to us, but I can hear them praying in the room or I'll go into the room later and their Bible will be opened. So that lets me know that if they're going through something, their first instinct usually is either to come to us is to go to God. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. I hope that answers y'all's question. Yeah. Okay. Here's a funny one. Zephy Pruitt on Facebook asks, Oh. Was it? <laughs> I know Zephy. We love Zephy. Thank you, Zephy. <laughs> Ryan's known Zephy for a long time. Um, was it Angela's freckles that first attracted you to her? And um, actually, just asked a question the similar. She said, "What What was your first impression of me? Um, and how? And your side of how we met?" <clears throat> uh, I don't know that I noticed like specifically the freckles. Or, <laughs> I wasn't maybe. Uh, the first thing that jumped out at me, I guess. But yeah. uh, well, we didn't meet until our mutual friend introduced us. Yeah. At a football game. Yeah. In that, college. This ties into actually Camille McIntyre's question: How did we meet, and how did you sweep me off my feet? Oh yeah. <laughs> Quite easily, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Barely an inconvenience. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, you should tell the story about how you saw me first years before this oh gosh yeah so that's a better story (laughs) um so our my hometown is the same town where our junior college was and ryan attended um and my two years older than you yes ryan is two years older than me and so my junior year in high school was ryan's freshman year at the junior college and the junior college would um, march in our homecoming parades and our, you know, whatever Christmas parades and stuff like that. So it was like homecoming my junior year in high school. And Ryan was in the band at the college and he came over to talk to some guys that he knew from our drum line because Ryan was on the drum line. And, um, 
and I saw him at a distance. Now I were from East Texas, so most of the guys in our town were country boys. You know, they wore the jean, the Wrangler jeans, and the boots, and um, <clears throat> they just had a certain look. Most ninety percent of the boys I in you were my town. Say like Bubba's. No, yeah, they were Bubba's. Where they weren't necessarily rednecks. My yeah, my yeah. guys were in my school were mostly cowboys. They were rodeo guys. And so I see this guy with long hair, you know, the shaved underneath, total 90s. Super 90s. Super duper 90s look, you know, hair pulled back in a ponytail. Like flannel. Yeah. You, know. you didn't have flannel on. I think you were, you were in the cardinal. Oh, like, it's probably our uniform. Or yeah. Something. But it was like the laid back uniform. It wasn't like the, yeah. the, the, um, dress dress uniform. not halftime uniform yeah no no it was it was it was parade uniform so i think you were in jeans I, i'm pretty sure that you were in jeans and like a red and a red um it's probably a drum top t-shirt or something. yeah and uh so i see this guy i'm like oh my gosh who is that guy he is so cute like i told like dorked out like flustered <laughs> heart you know grinning from me to ear, and i who wanted to go guy? over to him so bad and i just i just kept that in my brain for a while well, two years later, my freshman year, Ryan's finishing up, taking some extra classes yep. um, for his third year to get ready to third go to year university. Sophomore. Yeah, to go get ready for university. Bumping up the GPA <clears throat> a little bit. Yes. And so <laughs> I'm there and I make the drill team, the dance team that's on there that we perform at halftimes. And um, it's kind of like the Rockets if you're not from Texas and you yeah. don't know what Texas drill teams look like. Um, I post a couple of the things where the Cardettes. And I see that Ryan is on the drum line still. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And actually, since I'm pretty tall, I'm not super tall, I'm closer to the 50-yard line whenever we do intros to the dance. And Ryan was always standing right behind me. Well, one of my close friends, uh, Charlotte Green at the time, yeah. was Green at the time, um, she was like, I was dating this guy who was no good and terrible, uh, <laughs> super no good, super the worst. No good. He was the worst. The worst. And, uh, <laughs> and she was like, I have this guy, I have this guy that you should totally, you should totally meet and be with. And, and I was like, oh no, I don't know. Well, anyway, so football. She season, went to high school with me. Yes. So we were. So Charlotte knew Ryan. I did not know that she knew Ryan. I didn't know she even went to, I didn't know he was from Canton. I didn't know. Was terribly mysterious. I didn't know who he was or that his name was Ryan because everybody get this in school <laughs> called him Animal, like after the Muppet. Yeah. After the Muppet sure. Animal. <laughs> sure, it was. <laughs> You're so cute. And so. Uh, Every, everybody had nicknames on the drum line. Yes, drum everybody line had nicknames. We had nicknames in in high school. And what was crazy, side note, is that in high school my nickname was Grover, another Muppet. And I go to college, and I meet him, and his name is Animal, another Muppet. Like, we were both nicknamed after Muppets. That's funny. In school. So, uh, I just always thought that that was just the craziest thing. So, anyways, I'm on a game. Charlotte introduces. And Charlotte was like, in Corsicana. Um, actually, the if you've watched the cheerleading documentary show on Netflix... It's about Navarro. It's called Navarro. Navarro College. Navarro College. In that's Corsicana, that's Texas. where Ryan and I met. Was at that college. Our our school played their school 
and during halftime we break, after our halftime performance, Charlotte did a whole, if you've ever watched How I Met Your Mother, whenever they're like, have you met my buddy, buddy Ted? And he walks away. That's what Charlotte did to me. So we did that before How, How I Met Your Mother was cool. And she was like, have you met my friend Angela? And she would just walk away and leave me and Ryan just standing there. And I she, don't remember even, I remember, you know, her coming up with you and like, Hey, this is my friend Angela. And then she was like, I'll be right back. And then she would just leave. And I'm Did just standing talk? there. I don't even remember. No, we stood there we in awkward silence. Like, Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of like. All right, I got to go up in the stands now. I got to go. Okay, <laughs> bye. And we kind of awkwardly walked off. Well, a few months later. And well, we after were, that, though, we were, you know, we were in the stands and we were playing our stuff. And I'm like, why did she introduce me to her? <laughs> and I was like, I was looking over at she's like, She's pretty. Oh, my gosh. Holy smokes. No, I didn't tell Charlotte, though, because we kind of dated, sort of. Uh-huh. We were always like, we were friends, but then, like, she also dated jerk face guys. Yeah. And then she's like, let's go out. You know, so we would, like, go on a date. And then uh, it was kind of like, like, it was one friends, of those weird things. Like, friends. we were friends, yeah. but it was not really, didn't really didn't click. really click or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it was more like a brother sister tell- thing. Yeah, and I remember telling her, like, you got to help me meet somebody, because I just, I am yeah. no good at meeting people. Although, yeah. apparently, all the girls on the dance team had a crush on me. Yes. And I was 100% oblivious. Yes. Yeah, so, when Ryan and I, we finally start dating, like, in So, that's late probably January. why I was to introduce us, because I was like, hey, you have to meet somebody. Probably But this so. was, like, weeks or months later that she introduced us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. And uh, so, then in January, mm-hmm. it was, we were back in school after Christmas, Christmas break, break, and basketball season was jumping off. And we were performing at a basketball halftime time thing. Mm-hmm. And she was my ride home. And she was like, you know what? I have something to, I need to go look, do something at the band hall. Which I was like, why? She's not in band. Anyway, so we go and Ryan. no clue that this was happening. No clue. Neither one of us had a clue that she Oblivious. was so, she was so conniving. She was so good. She's such a great matchmaker. And for that one time she did that. Uh, and so we walk in the band hall, and there Ryan is. And this is like eight o'clock sitting. at night. Nine, yes, nine o'clock. Late. I was, it was like nine or ten. O'clock I worked at, at the night. music building at the college. I was the uh, like hall monitor. I was the building monitor. So like mm-hmm. between you know six p.m. and ten p.m., I watched the building because students right. were supposed to come and practice. Yeah, and I was just there to basically make sure no one tore anything up. <laughs> like security basically <laughs> so he was sitting at this so desk waiting, you know. at this table that people can come in and i guess check in, check or, in and yeah, stuff like, like that in. and i'm like and i look over at her and i see him and my stomach just turns flips and i look at her i'm like i hate you right now i seriously hate you and she's grinning from ear to ear and then like in the middle of the conversation she was like oh i forgot i can't take you home angela hey ryan will you take angela home and i'm like gosh i cannot believe you're doing this to me and ryan's like yeah i guess i mean if you don't mind sure, sure. i mean is that okay you know i'm like yeah that's fine and so he takes me home and then we exchange numbers i think that night and and i think it was i think i think i remember you saying like just in case you need to ride again uh, like that like, sounds like something like such a line 20 year old me would say <laughs> so stupid <laughs> So if you're oh ride right here, I, mean, I don't yeah. talk to girls. <laughs> girls awkward, so weird. I was so probably weird. like Nicholas. I'm like oblivious to how cute I was. Yes, no yeah, clue. you're so adorable. Well, we start dating, and our 
first date was in February. Our second date was on Valentine's Day. February 6th was our first date. Yes, February 6th, because we have this, still have this ticket stuff. Because forever, we thought it was the 7th. Yes, we celebrated on the 7th. we found our movie ticket, and I was like, oh, crap, it was the 6th. We yes, we're that dorky. We still have the ticket stub to our first date 23 years ago, almost that. 24 years ago, because it's awesome. <laughs> I must have expected it to go somewhere. I guess. I don't know. And uh, so, like, you know couple years later we're married of course that story goes longer and longer and longer yeah, yeah. but we, we, just, don't, we don't we don't have, have a lot of time for that, that. <laughs> we'll maybe say well, this we met in college a, a mutual friend set us up yeah ambushed so us, what really. was your first impression of me oh other than that was cute uh holy smokes she's beautiful <laughs> why is she introducing her to me basically <laughs> like, and what I was crazy zero is chance that everybody, this, everybody i had zero was, chance for this amazing the beautiful girl. Yeah, but everybody, whenever people, he showed up at because we have this ballroom where we the dance team would dance at yeah, and practice. Rehearse, practice. And there were like these gl- large glass windows that went out to like this veranda, and he stood outside the window, and all the girls were like, "What is Animal doing here? What is Animal? Why is Animal watching us dance?" Like they were like going on, and I was like. And I didn't want to say he's here for me. And I was so nervous because everybody was like, I bet. And all the older girls who were his, close to his age, yeah, they, they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's watching us. Like he, They were so excited that he were was they? standing outside the door. <laughs> all the and other I, third year sophomores. And, I, and some of the younger girls, uh, like the sophomore sophomores. And so I was like, oh dear God, they're going to hate me. And so we leave and all the girls are like, hi animal. And you're like, hey, you know, whatever. And then I walk up and I like hug you and they're like, what (laughs) (laughs) i got such a cold shoulder and like so many girls hated me after that it was just it was hard because they were like what and then like we come back from break and they're like so you're dating animal i'm like yeah well yeah i'm dating ryan and like i'm like know his name so oh i don't call him ryan i call him animal i was like why call him by his first name because i guess we're dating now yeah it was so funny. That totally blew me away when you told me. I was like, You're, and he was what like, now? "What? I like." I was like, "I mean, we don't have to date. You can date these other girls if you want to." He was like, "No, no, no I'm good. No, I'm good." <laughs> but I just thought that I wasn't, you know, attractive enough or something. Yeah. So Crazy. we try to tell our boys because even our boys they carry that silliness Sorry. that they think that they're not attractive. And Aiden, we our youngest, it's better to be hot as, and not know it than be hot and know it. Yes, that's true. Our our boys our boys are adorable and they don't really realize how cute they actually are and uh, they really and they and they wonder why is that girl staring at me I'm like because you're adorable and you're carrying your mom's bags to her car your and adorbs. and you know they love your dimple and they just think you're adorable they don't get it they don't see it good. all great. right moving on here we go so we just finished like three or four okay. questions so that's good awesome all right so next question comes from cam demand cam demand yes he, i know him yes cd is it cdr 1993 i think but he, we know him as Cam Demand. Um, he's one of our YouTube followers, and he actually follows me on Instagram. And Baby Demand. And Baby Demand. We hear about Baby Demands. He says, for X amount of years. Which, by the way, Angela showed me pictures. I'm like, your baby is stinking cute. Oh, my gosh. Like, she is adorable. Super. She is super, super adorbs. adorable. All right. So okay. after X amount of years married, what advice would you have for family demand? LOL. <laughs> mm, family demand. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I like that he said family demands. Yeah, that's funny. Advice for the whole family? Yeah, so what advice for... What is one thing that you would say would be an advice for being married for so long and having a family? Um, hmm. That's a good one. Uh, just have patience. Ooh, that's a good one. You know, with mm-hmm. each other. And apologize quicker. <laughs> I was like, that was one, I, this might answer another question later on. I don't know, but I was like, one of the things... Like earlier... In our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like in the early years, like if we have a disagreement, we would never yell at each other. Mm-mm. It was more like, never it was more like cold other. shoulder. Ugh, yeah. I'm talking to you right yes. now. I just need a moment away from I your need to face. Talk. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we would uh, just not, we wouldn't talk, we wouldn't yell at each other, we just wouldn't talk to each other mm-hmm. for about a day. Yeah. <laughs> That's about, we couldn't go very long with that. Mm-mm. But, you know, even there were times where like, if I did something wrong or or to hurt your feelings or i said something or even if i did something i felt like no i'm right she's wrong mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not backing down I'm right, right right i'm just gonna wait mm-hmm. till she apologizes <laughs> yeah not happening <laughs> <laughs> you know and then i realized because it's not like i was uh perfect or whatever right you know, it's, it's usually my fault i you know or i wasn't being very understanding or something mm-hmm. i was like i'm just gonna win I'm just going to mm-hmm. wait. Right. And then eventually be like, ah, you know, I just need to apologize. So sometimes it'd take me a day or two to apologize. Right. For being a jerk or being. I know it would. God. I know. <laughs> I know, right? I eventually and did apologize. Yes, you, you, you were, at first it was like pulling teeth to get yeah. you apologize because we're both very strong minded people mm-hmm. and we had our own convictions and, um, it it took a lot for both of us to be able to go, you know what, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I'm I right. love you more than what was just said. Yeah. You know. But you know, to be like to prove that I'm right, I'm like, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait this out. But eventually she'll she'll be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, he did he underestimated the power yeah. of my <laughs> my stubbornness. Yeah. <laughs> but over the years I realized like, you know what? It's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it to waste a day or two of being like no, because we like to kiss too much. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I was like, I need some hugs. I'm a hugger. And so over the yeah. years, the the more years it's been, the faster I apologize. Yes. So sometimes yes. it's like it's, sometimes it's immediately. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. didn't. I didn't mean to. I mean, obviously I said that, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean it the way it came out or whatever. Even. Yeah. So you know, apologize quicker. And even if you're right and she's wrong, apologize faster. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Even if I know that, I mean, the, the part that I played in it is wrong, but for the the majority of it, I'm right. I do bow bow out and say, you know what, I'm going to apologize for my part in it. it. Whether he apologizes or not, that's on him. But I'm going to clear my conscience because I've noticed that whenever I do that, or when even when you do that, it softens my heart to say, you know, oh yeah, you're right. I hate that you were the bigger person. <laughs> you made you, me feel like crap. You apologize faster. It's always a competition. It's always a competition. I love you more. I apologize faster. I apologize faster. No, I'm going to apologize faster. No, I mean it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose out on this. Yeah. No, but I think that, that that's big, especially even when your kids start but um, displaying actions that are similar to how your spouse hurts you. 
Like if they have those same characteristics or qualities that you're just like, what? I can't believe you just did that to me. You're my kid. You're supposed <laughs> to love me. Having patience with them and talking to them and say, hey, you know, that that um, that what you did is disrespectful or hurtful because I have feelings too. I'm not a robot. Just because I'm your parent doesn't mean I don't have feelings. Just because I'm the supreme overlord doesn't mean I don't feel things. Yes, and that, that hurts my heart as much as it would yours if it, if it was done to you. Having, but having patience through that process, that learning process of forgiveness and repentance is, is huge. And again, as family, telling each other that you love each other like all the time giving each other hugs, um, going and spending quality time, not putting other people or other things above your family and your family time. Um, we try to make as much time as possible for us and the boys. Now that they're older, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But when they were younger, we, we made it a point to go to the movies often or have a movie night or a family night or a game night or do something where we pop popcorn, they pick out the gum candy and we do something fun with them and being intentional with it um uh, they they really like that and know your children and your spouse's love language um mine is acts of service um right in holes today yes he did and it was wonderful he went and did some yard work for me which i love as much as i love doing yard work i love it more when people help me do yard work as i love being outside in the grass and the dirt but i also love it when people are next to me and do stuff like that with me i do not love yard work and he doesn't but my love language but you were very perturbed today when you came home and like the house (laughs) is a wreck and the yard the dogs have torn up the yard i was like stupid my god my god people (laughs) <laughs> so I'm, like, All I'm right. only one woman where's the shovels so i had to yes. go out there and yeah but you you love doing it. it well you had fun <laughs> <laughs> didn't you yeah yeah sure the dogs had fun. say yes no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> they loved spending the dog had you. fun watching me fill in their holes that they're gonna yes because yes exactly <laughs> he's playing with us but the boy the boys they they have their own love languages and um we we it's important for us to to learn those things and um, it helps out a lot whenever things go wrong or sad and things go out of you know a little bit out of control to come back to the, each other's love language and do things that make each other feel special what's That's, my love language yours is words of affir- affirmation yeah all right and hugs and hugs and affection which is not my love language <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't care what you think. Give us don't a touch hug. me. Give us a hug. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So there you go, Cam Demand. Uh, next question is Brandy Moore. My Brandy. Uh, she says, What does it mean to be the head of the family? Supreme ruler of everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you will do as I say. Yes. Or I will burn the city to the ground. <laughs> if you don't know his dorkiness this is a, this is a G.I. Joe reference. <laughs> he is he is quoting Serpentor. If you grew up in the eighties. Yes. For sure. All right. Uh oh man. It means uh being responsible. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and uh it means what was the word I'm looking for? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of it. Mm. I don't know. I'm not in your brain right now. You're not in my brain. Why aren't you in my brain right I know, now? No, normally thinking, I am. Normally, normally you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> so like leader, lead by example type thing? Yeah. But I was thinking like it's like taking ownership. 
Yeah, you know, that's of, good. Of like, uh, you know, when things go well, I have done this great thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when things go badly, like, this is my fault. Yeah. You know? It's like what Joe McGee taught us. Yeah. Whenever, as the, as the father, in the good times and the bad, you own up to your part in it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's really, uh, I can't think of the word I'm, I'm trying. There's a word that perfectly encapsulates that, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. My brain's not working. See, I heard the word encapsulate when he said encapsulate. that. Encapsulate. <laughs> I can say the word. I can think of the word encapsulate, but I can't, I can't think, think of, of the, the word. You know, we're taking responsibility. For, yeah, we actually, you know. Brandy and I actually had this conversation earlier because they came up in one of the small groups uh, that she was in. And it was, she was saying how it was funny that the different answers, you know, uh, very traditional to swing it over. Because Ryan, even though I understand him as being the head of the home, as a protector and um, how God sees it, we're also teammates. Yeah. We're not. It's more of, I see it as more of that. It's more of a 50 50 thing. Because mm-hmm. you have a lot of strengths that I don't have. Right. You know, there's things that you're good at that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. That's almost like, what do you think about this? Right. <clears throat> I know it's kind of my ultimate decision or whatever, but not, not because right. I've decided it's my ultimate decision, but, right. but more of because you're like, hey, well, you're. You're the dad and you're the husband. Like, what do you, you know, you got to decide this. Right, right. But I always, but I lean on you for like, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, I know I get to make decisions, but I was like, I need to know that it's not a stupid decision. Right. That you have, that we have your back. And yeah. I, I have your back on that. Or just even the, the opinion of it when it comes to anything, when it comes to the direction we should go, like mm-hmm. starting RNA music or, you know, getting a home or, you know, how the boys should be raised or whatever it was. We were always, you know, 50-50 on everything. Because uh, whenever he's not around, my voice is his voice when it comes to the boys. Mm-hmm. So whenever um, it comes to discipline, we're on the same page. Yeah. You know, we talked about it together. And then I was like, is this okay with you? Because whenever you come home, you're going to have to... Either yeah. relax or be tensed up by whatever atmosphere we've agreed on setting or or whatever. So, um, yeah, I we believe how God set it up, that the husband is the head of the home, but I'm like his co-captain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that we're a team. We're also, yeah. we're one. We've yeah. always, we've always been that way, like from the very beginning. Yes. And it was always like, hey, it's me and you. Yeah. Everybody else is like my parents. Mm-hmm. And your parents and my siblings and your siblings is like, they're all peripheral now. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. My family is, you're my family. Mm-hmm. My parents are my parents, but you're my family. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And For so, sure. And going way back. But that even when it came to decisions about how we're going to discipline the kids, when we have oh, kids. Oh, yeah. All the time. When the kid, who, all the stuff. Who the kids are going to, if they're going to go anywhere. You know. Mm-hmm. So it really became. Even like, church or like anything like that. It was always it was always like a team a team playing type conversation. It was never this like you get to decide and I just kind of well, go you do along what you for want, them, I do what I yeah want. go I just go along for the ride. It was never like that. It was always okay, you know. What do what do what what how should we handle this? Yeah, and then we talk it out. We pray it out, and. A lot of times, Ryan will even say, okay, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? Because mm-hmm. he's learned over the years, my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit 
and discernment is is rather strong. Yeah. Where he's very logical and oh, yeah. I'm very analytical and, and, and very analytical. You know, I'm more sensitive to the spiritual side of things. And so that helps balance us out where I'm, I see things. I'm like, Hey, this feels good. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do this. God showed me. And Ryan's like, okay, well let's, well, how do we start it? How do we end it? How long mm-hmm. is this going to go? You know, how, how much is it going to cost and, and stuff like that. So we are very much two sides of one coin. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sit for. down first and count the cost to see if they can complete it. <laughs> right. And you're like, let's do this. I'm like, mm, uh, let's, let's write it down. And are you sure about put this? That on how's this going to actually? Yeah. yeah, but that's how we, that's how we <clears> do But we everything. balance each other out. We do balance each other out, for sure. For sure, for sure. I know that there was another question from Doris. And I don't think my um, Instagram refreshed. What's it like to be married to the most... Amazing guy in in the universe Texas. in the universe. I was just gonna say Texas, but you know. right, okay, yeah. Uh, was that the question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. I thought I had it on here, but um, okay. Let's move on. Let's see. Okay. How does spending so much time together affect your um, your our quality time or our date time? Like, do we have any dates? Do we have? Do we go on dates? Sometimes. Yeah. It depends what you mean by date. <laughs> you mean like go to Walmart together with no children? Right. Is that a date? <laughs> <clears throat> go to Waterburger drive-through with no children. <laughs> That have they, that happens more often than we than we than we'd like. Taking walks together is that a date? Yes, I think going on walks with you is a date. Yeah, or is it because dinner and a movie is a date? Anything intentional is a date, I yeah. believe. Anything that we do that's intentional that we want to we do quality time, even though we do spend like every day together, there are times where we don't really spend time. We're together. together in the same building, but we're not holding hands and staring into each other's eyes all day. <laughs> as much as we want to do that. Yeah. That's what I want. Yes. That's what I want to do. You're like, we need to work. <laughs> we got to make some money. It's like, is this, are you going to pay me for this? <laughs> this eye staring? Am I going to get paid for this eye staring? Um, we probably don't go on as many dates as we should. Yes. But we're always together. Right. So it's kind of like. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm like, I well, love it. Well, it's not like I'm missing out because we didn't, you know, maybe like if you're in that situation where, you know, the husband is off at work all day, yeah, you know, and you're home with the kids or maybe mom is off at work too and the kids are school, you know, and then you're all running different directions and you just see each other at night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then so in that case, yeah, you probably need a lot more date nights. Yeah. Everybody's going 15 different directions. Right, right. But I think because we see each other so much all the time, maybe it's not like we need to, you know, we do like getaways. Like we need to take a weekend and go somewhere. Yeah. You know, where we're not, you know, obligated to like run the business or, or you know. Right. <laughs> do chores or like, fill honestly, in dirt holes. A lo- <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, let's just go somewhere and just relax. Honestly, like some date nights is just... Us grabbing a pizza or something and turning on, you know, voodoo and putting on a movie and sitting in here in the Not room. Not doing voodoo. Yes. But 
watching. It's putting out a movie <laughs> on the streaming device Voodoo. Right. I think you need to clarify that. Or because uh, <laughs> it's a worldwide yes. audience. Yes. Yes. I got my. Uh, There's what some is people it? from my Louisiana. Dolls, There's some people from Louisiana of, right. listening. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> streaming got, a movie. Streaming a movie and getting some food, some takeout, or whatever. That is to me. That is just as fun as going somewhere. Because sometimes we are always away from the house. I like to just come home and sit on the couch and just veg and hold your hand and watch a movie. Yeah. So, we even though we spend a lot of time together, we do try to do intentional times like mm-hmm. on Thursday nights when we record our. YouTube mm-hmm. video, we'll order like a steak or we'll get a pizza or we'll go get Whataburger and we'll come back and we'll sit and we'll talk about our day and we'll go over the events of that day and we'll have spend some quality time. Well, so we make, is, we make it work. The new one is walking to get coffee because we walk yes. usually most mornings we take a walk together, mm-hmm. but it's like exercise. Like let's get our exercise. Right. Get our miles. But then we realized, well, there's the coffee shop that's about 1.2 miles <laughs> Away, We've we can just walk it. to the coffee shop and then walk home. It's our normal distance. Yeah. But we walk. So we're walking. And talking. And talking. And then we get and we order a coffee. And then we sit down and we drink our coffees mm-hmm. and just stare at each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. Talk about our feelings and yeah. <laughs> drink our coffee. And drink our coffee. And then we walk back home and finish our workout. You know. So yes. And talk all the way home. Yeah. But it's kind of like, it's kind of neat to like, hey, we're going to go. We didn't get to go this week. And that usually takes about an hour. An hour's yeah. time. Of it's about forty minutes of walking. Forty minutes of walking, and then sitting in and drinking our coffee and enjoying each other. And so we we try to make times that aren't necessarily your stereotypical yeah dinner date and night. It's it's whatever works so that we can keep our conversation going. And nobody's been having life. dinner in a movie though for the last no exactly. Months. Which this works out great. We get our exercise and we get to um, spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Are we going too long? No. Well, at 60 minutes, it'll be one segment. It won't. We'll have to just start it over. How long are your podcasts normally? An hour. Sweet. Yeah. All right. I want mine to be an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. An hour and 15 minutes. He's an overachiever. Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's true. So, last question. Same. This is Shyla Goyne. She asked the last question. I don't think I mentioned that, but Shyla Goyne, good, bad moms. Um... It says, what are your top three reasons your marriage works? Mm. We're hot. We're smart. We love Jesus. I, <laughs> I need that yeah. on a shirt. <laughs> hot, smart, and love Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I made you yeah. speechless. You're yeah. like, I don't know what to say. I was going to think of something really witty, and you just, you know, <laughs> I lost it. You, you snatched it out of the air. Yeah. Uh, first, it's got to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. That we oh, both. For, for good, yeah. You know, and that sounds super generic because, you know, 57% of marriages in a divorce and like 50, of those, you know, 57% of them are Christians mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Or people who say they are. People, yeah. And it's like, how is that? How are you a Christian? And. Yeah. You know, not to say, but there's all kinds of... I mean, of, there's situations. There's situations yeah. where, you know, uh, mom is a Christian and loves Jesus and dad's a jackass. Yeah. So that happens. I'm not <laughs> downplaying that. But yeah. dad said he was a Christian and loved Jesus. You know. But, uh, so that's kind of... 
that sounds like a fluffy answer. He's like, well, why are all these Christians getting divorced? And I was like, because they don't really love Jesus. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know. That's the only, that's the only thing that makes sense. Because if you're being abusive towards your wife, you don't love Jesus. You don't love Jesus. Yeah. If you're being horrible to your husband and cheating out, you don't love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Something's going you know on. You don't really love Jesus. It's like if you married the wrong person because you were lusting, you weren't loving Jesus. So there's Jesus is the center of any marriage that's going to work. That was Ryan's phone, if you heard the ding in That's the background. That's my watch. It's telling me to breathe. I'm like, I think I will remember that. <laughs> you don't need to remind me to breathe. Um, but I, I agree. I think Jesus is number one. Um, what do you think is, what's another number two after, after Jesus? <laughs> yeah. There is, there is nothing else. There's nothing else. I mean, if you're really, really serious about Everything Jesus. Everything else falls in line. Yeah. If, if you're really serious. Not, I'm not a, you're not a casual Jesus person. Mm-hmm. You're like a for real Jesus person. That really should take care of everything. Right. It really should. Because any problem that you have, any any argument that you have, you have to hold it up to the candle of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, even fighting for your marriage after it's gone horribly wrong, you have to hold it up to Jesus. Um, Jesus fought for us. Jesus died for us. He bled for us. He sacrificed himself for us. And so if, we are, if we're willing to have a marriage that'll shine a light to the world, um, that shines Jesus, then we have to do those things. We have to be sacrificial. We have to love them, love that spouse um, unconditionally through thick and thin, or forgive them, mm-hmm. repentance. These are things that God teaches us um, through his word. So, And if you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, gentleness self-control, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. And if you're working on that to develop that in yourself. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna, it's gonna work, and that yeah. goes on both sides. It's not a one-sided story, and we get that a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, it is. It does take two. Mm-hmm. So you can have one person who loves Jesus and is doing every, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all and these the, things. And the other one's the just being a. The other one's an idiot. Yeah. And you know, you 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 can't force other people to change. You know, so yeah. there's there is that, and that's not. That's not anyone's fault if their marriage fails, if they're pursuing Jesus with their whole heart and, and the other one the other isn't. End isn't mm-hmm. You can't force them to you can't force them to. Yeah. You just honestly you just, sometimes you have to just walk away and just pray that they repent and change their ways. Now you yeah. can also have God can restore that. And I believe that because I've seen it done many times. And I think we are we do in America particularly, I think people are too casual with it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, they just, well, whatever, you know. Yeah, and moving on. Yeah, because I, I think we were, we've been probably too liberal. Coming from someone whose parents are divorced, like my parents are divorced, your parents are not divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was 19 years old when mine got divorced. And they were like keeping it together, keeping it together for me because I was the youngest. And they were waiting till I graduated high school, you know. But, but even then, it was very one-sided. My mom was... She was willing to do whatever to make it work, go to counseling, mm-hmm. church, whatever. You know, and my dad's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was very apathetic. He was like, he didn't really. <clears throat> and I was like, well, okay. But he obviously didn't really love Jesus. He didn't. If he and he already loved. showed that. Yeah. yeah we're not so we're not bashing anyone. We're just telling you the truth. Telling it like it is. Yeah, so it still, <laughs> it still takes both parties have to be, you know, committed mm-hmm. uh, to making it work and committed to following jesus for real and not casually mm-hmm. but you know I, I still think a lot of people are like well i don't really want to work on it right some people i think some people not everyone obviously but mm-hmm. some people throw it away too casually too easily and didn't really try right. that hard to work for it so 
you know, and we have friends who have gotten divorced and we have friends. I have a friend who did not want to, who wouldn't sign the papers. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, I love you. I made a vow, Jesus, you know, and, you know, no matter what. I mean, he didn't, he wouldn't sign the papers for a while. And it's like, she had nothing. She didn't want to do anything. He's like, finally, he was just like, okay. Yeah. I can't make her come back. You have to, sometimes you just have to give them up to Jesus. But to make yeah. it work, it's Jesus. 100% yeah. hands down. Yeah, that's number one. Secondarily. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They're your top three. Yeah, Father, <laughs> Son, Holy Ghost. There's your top three right there. Yeah. Secondarily was stuff we've already covered. Like, you know, apologize quickly. <laughs> you know, uh, when you have messed up and even when you haven't messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know what? My, I'm not going to let my pride get in the way with this. We need to resolve this. So, yeah. But really, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's the a first good one. thing. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good answer. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. All right, final fun answer oh, final. Uh, question. One fin- more. Final, final from Because we got to make it past an hour. Doris Cush. Um, it is, how long did it take to grow a Duck Dynasty beard? <laughs> Oh. The great question from Doris. Doris gets the final uh, question. Right. Okay. Well, it's kind of funny. Because people ask that now, like, how long take you grow that beard? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I've had it for like five years now. Yes, he has, y'all. Um, <laughs> well, he's had facial hair all our, like, forever yeah. since we were first married. Yeah. You had a goatee or facial yeah, hair. Yeah, as soon as I graduated high school, because my high school was very strict. You couldn't have a mustache or, not that I could really grow like a must, yeah. And I, I you're like Nicholas is now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I had friends who were like, dude, you got a beard. <laughs> In like eighth grade, like, yeah, what's going on? Ryan didn't, you know? but his friend. Did. I did not. No. Yeah. I was a late bloomer in the beard game. <laughs> but uh, I've always had you know a goatee or something. Not I didn't really do the whole like normal full beard for quite a while. I was always goatees. Yeah. Um, but what you have now? Oh, when now, did you start? It's. Probably took about a year to get, yeah, pretty that good about right. length. That sounds about right. Because my one of my buddies, Adam, <laughs> he came into our store and I was like, "Dude, how long did it take you to grow that beard?" Weird, like wizardly epic yeah. beard. Yeah, I was like, I forgot what he said. He said a year, a year or two. But in the beard mm-hmm. industry, there's a thing about they call it the yeard, <laughs> the yeard. Like go a full year without shaving. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the measurements. Like, can you go an entire? What would it look like at the end of a year? And some guys don't have very long beards, and some guys have crazy beards. It's just genetics. You can't, you can't do it. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna try. That. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna do the whole uh, year. Yeah, he even thing. told me he was like, so I'm gonna try to grow my beard and take a year. I'm not gonna shave for a whole year. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right now it's it's November. It's no shave November, Movember. Mm-hmm. People like growing a mustache or growing a beard for men's cancer yeah. awareness. Yeah. And everybody's state cancer. Awareness. Somebody's like, "What's uh, what is anybody doing?" I'm like, "Dude, all year, bro, all year, every year, mm-hmm. I bring awareness." Yeah, you guys are amateurs. One month, you gonna that's nothing. Watch this. You guys don't even care. but uh i decided to do the one year thing and of course by the time i got to the end of the year i don't i can't really remember but it was pretty good yeah it's pretty significant at the end of one year but then it was like well i wonder what two years would look like oh my gosh so this is probably a two-year beard yeah because he keeps he keeps it maintained yeah he goes to the barber longer actually yeah, there's one that's been like pretty long. I'm like, all right, I gotta do something. This yeah, because it was starting to look much. a little homeless man y yeah. and less 
um, sculpted. Coiffed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I do that every so often. I go to the barber and have him like, "Hey, you gotta shape this thing for me so it doesn't look so just." And I'm like, "Yes, please do that." Ridiculous, yeah. Because you're starting to look homeless, <laughs> and you have a home and a life. I do have a home <laughs> and a wife and a wife. He loves you. You do. And like- do I love the beard? Yes, I love the beard. Do I want him to shave it sometimes because I like change? But he loves the beard, so I love the beard. Yeah. And as long as he loves it, I love it. There's been moments I was telling Pete today. We took I took Nicholas to the barber, and I was okay, like, "This needs to be a quick story." Okay. <laughs> I don't get more than sixty minutes. Yes, you do, but okay. I, it's gonna stop. Oh, okay. Can you stop it now? Okay. To be continued. And now a word from our sponsors. Let's get back to our program. Okay, so what were you saying about Pete? Oh, when we took Nicholas to the barber today, and uh, I was talking about that. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about like trimming it, and going going back to like a six month beard, because mm. you know, the magic of Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Right. I can go back. I'll see a post from two thousand and fourteen or something. I go, oh man. I had a uh, had a baby beard. <laughs> I like the baby beard. Not the baby beard, but like you know the teenager Semi-beard. beard, mm-hmm. young adult beard. And I would say like, young adult beard. I was yeah. like, I look pretty good actually, because it was not. It was a beard, like it was not kind of a beard. It was a beard beard. Right. But it wasn't like you know Doug Dynasty beard. Right. Or ZZ Top beard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which is a huge beard. Yeah. yeah. So I, so every now and then I'm like, of course Pete was like, no, I don't do that. He's like, you'll regret it. I'm like, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> what does Pete know? He doesn't even have a beard. <laughs> yeah, he barely has a beard. He doesn't know. Oh gosh. All right. So, um, what advice would you give to people about marriage and what <laughs> you about growing a beard? About growing don't, a beard. No, we're not talking about shave. beards anymore. Let's, okay, okay, end of the beards. End of the beards. All right. Uh, <laughs> Only serious questions. From <laughs> what advice would you give for um, people on marriage and being a parent and, and stuff? Like encapsulate I think all we that. covered it. I know, but like a final, oh, final? final thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is one thing that you've learned in our... 23 years of being together, almost 22 years of marriage. Words of wisdom. Mm, I, I think I've already given them all out. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain's full yeah, of wisdom. Like, uh, Jesus, apologize faster, and Jesus. Yes, all the Jesus. That's pretty much. And not only that, I think even just surrounding yourself with people who are wiser than you. Yeah, yeah. That have been through marriage and are, are successful marriages. Yeah. Because we've had those examples. There's a lot. Yeah, we had, as being young adults, and probably even before we got married, like there was mm-hmm. a guy named Joe McGee. He teaches on marriage. Mm-hmm. We've he, mentioned him a couple of he times. He travels to churches, does a whole thing. That's his whole thing, faith for families. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, having a good marriage, raising kids, you know, just mm-hmm. family stuff. Right. You know? And he used to come to the church that I went to like every single year, he would come in for like a week or, and do like a thing, a seminar or whatever, faith mm-hmm. for families. And I went to all of them and the guy was real funny. It's yeah. hilarious. 
and used a million scriptures. Like everything was scripture. Oh gosh, tons and tons. But to the a, point where you couldn't even get. You couldn't take notes. Condo. You just had to get the tape. Mm-hmm. Back when we had tapes. Right. And then you got this. Yeah, you know, I still have some tapes. Yes, we like, actually have cassette, cassette, cassette tape. tapes. Mm-hmm. And CDs. Yeah, and CDs. You know, mm-hmm. and I would listen to them over and over because he, he has a great way of delivering it. But it was a lot of it was like how to be, what kind of husband are you supposed to be? Mm-hmm. What kind of wife are you supposed to be? What kind of dad are you supposed to be? And just listen to those tapes over and over and over. Probably one of the things that had a biggest impact as a young adult was like having somebody like Joe who's already done that been married for Mm -hmm. 20 something years and had kids and Mm -hmm. much further along in the race and it's like listen and he was real blunt about like here's where i screwed up as a dad Mm -hmm. i lost my temper too much i did this too much i was Mm -hmm. you know and i had like oh jesus forgive me because i you know and like learn from his mistakes you know so find someone who's um already made all the mistakes Mm -hmm. or learn from their mistakes and has some wisdom to share and like really like just soak it up like a sponge. Right. You know? And so I think probably is it's all scripture. It's all the word. Right. But it was having someone who taught the word in a way that was, uh, relevant to me. Mm-hmm. And then I could like, yeah, I dig that. Yeah. I get what he's saying. Yeah. Let me listen to that tape again. I don't let know me, how many, let me, let me review this. We yeah, would me, review it so that. many times. Let me, soak on that. <clears throat> let me bathe that in prayer. It was interesting hearing it from a dad's perspective because I never really heard that taught because as a girl, you're yeah, always taught of... to go to women's things. And mm-hmm. for the most part, um, not that I say that, I, you know, cause I have a women's ministry, so I love teaching women how to, you know, honor their husbands and, and pray for themselves and stuff. But hearing it from a man's point of view on how, especially how humble he was about the, yeah, like you said, yeah. like I screwed up and I said this and I should not have said this because girls cry because he has five girls <laughs> and one son. Yeah. And he was like, and I forget how much girls cry. And so he would say stuff yeah. like that. And he was like, and I had to really fr- stop saying like, shut up, stop crying. You know, like, and we're yeah. like, Whoa, I can't believe you just said that in church. And, and it, but it's the truth because all of us live those lives. I think he was the first person that I ever heard say that they yelled at each other on the way to church. And then they got out of the car right. and, they, the Lord, and then the they Lord. acted like they were just this perfect family coming out of the church, you know, smiling and everything and sucking up those tears and stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we were a normal family. What do you mean? What? Like, we weren't the only ones that did the same thing where my dad was yelling. was like, you put those pantyhose back on. You just suck it up and like it. Put and your then, shoes on. Stop and crying. And as soon as the door opened up to the car, he was like, hallelujah. Hallelujah, <laughs> you know? hallelujah brothers. You know, it's like it was it was such a relief to real. hear that. He was so real. And uh, knowing that if we made those same mistakes, we weren't just sorry loser parents. We were just normal parents. We just had to remember to repent and yeah. and forgive each other and, and grow. Yeah, forward. it was. I mean, it was the word that makes the difference. But having someone who taught it in such a way that was like, oh man, this is real. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is a real person who's been through some real stuff. And who who saved them out of all their situations was Jesus and Scripture and the Word and praying and speaking the word over their situations and, mm-hmm. you know but having a real example of somebody so i you know i would attribute a lot to that because even when mm-hmm. i was working driving um wherever driving to work or doing whatever i would listen to his tapes over and over because they were funny mm-hmm. but they're also serious so it's there was a lot of soaking up scriptures specifically about family and and marriage and being a dad and it was mostly more about marriage yeah because he, was. like, he, one of the favorite things that I've never, there's a lot of stuff he taught that I've never forgotten. And the, one of the things we talked about 
with his kids was like, listen, y'all are just passing through. Mm-hmm. He's like, me and your mom. He's like, you're only here because I love your mom. I was like, we don't have six kids because I love kids. We have six kids because I love my wife. <laughs> and was, you know, and he was like, listen, y'all are going to be gone one day. He's like, we're going to be here together. Right. We chose each other. Y'all are just passing through. And I was yeah. like, hmm. So he put a real emphasis on, you know, your spouse. Mm-hmm. Like, your your kids are secondary. And a lot of people hate that. Oh, my God. Piss, I mean. Pisses people off. They're it like, really does. Well, my kids come first. He's like, no, my spouse comes first. Yes. Kids are secondary because one day that kid is leaving, but you're still going to be, you're still going to be there looking at your wife or your husband. Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of people who do put their kids so much first and put their spouse secondary, um, whenever their kids are gone, they usually do end up divorced. Yeah. And they're lonely. And, um, but the people who honor God and love their spouse, the husbands love their spouse, like Christ loved the church and, mm-hmm. and wives loving their husbands and submitting to their husbands in a godly way. Um, those are the ones who their children are. They feel secure. They, yeah, they feel like they have something that they can count on. And, and it doesn't, I don't know. It just, it just balances out a lot more than, than just t- putting all your love and your love bank into their, the, your children's cart and leaving nothing for your husband. Mm-hmm. Like he gets crumbs or yeah. your spouse, your wife gets crumbs and your children get everything. Again, they're, they're passing through and they're going to have spouses. And what you've just taught your children is that their spouse is just there to, to give them children, give your, your spouse, yeah. your child ch- children so that they can live through their children. And that's not what it's, that's not what it's mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that, that struck a chord with us, like, early on. Like, with me, for huge. sure. Oh, like, me too. That really did. That resonated, and I'm like, well, yeah. all right, yeah. And I loved right. it. I loved it. I loved it. That he loved his loved his wife. Of course, his wife has is, is passed on, and, yeah. he has re, and he has actually remarried since then. Um, his kids are all adults. But, yes, know. his kids are our age, basically. And, uh, and yeah. And so watching him raise them, because when we first heard them, they were like our age yeah, at that yeah, time. They were, kids, they were yeah. teenagers to 20s. And uh, so, his youngest is the, some of them are a little bit younger than us, but yeah, not but not much younger. Not much younger. Not, not much younger. <clears throat> and, uh, but it was, it was one of the things that I know that Ryan would, Ryan would wa- listen to Joe McGee on, in his, like he was saying, in the car. And then he would come home and he said, I pray for you today. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, I was listening to Joe McGee and I realized I hadn't prayed for you today. And he would stop and he would pray for me. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan would pray for me in the car. And uh, and that really blessed me that he thought, I need to pray for Angela. You know, I need to lift her up. And I, and I would ask him like, well, what'd you pray? You know, and he was like, well, that you'd have a good day and that, you know, that you would know how much I love you. And of course it turned into like this emotional moment for us because he was being... His heart, he was just sharing his heart and we connected so fast in the early years of our marriage because, because of those moments, mm-hmm. you know, so that I would encourage you to, if you have somebody in your life that is strong, biblically sound, balanced, not where the husband is the, like the king of the universe and the wife is just the scullery maid type yeah, thing, but it is true king and queen, true co, um, rulers of the family where the husband yes is the head but the wife is right there beside her in a godly way and there's that balance and then you raise children to do the same um find people like that and uh listen to what they have to say and like what brian said joe mcgee has 
he taught tons of word. Oh like he would give you like 20, it wasn't, 30 scriptures. It wasn't like three scriptures and then his opinion. It was like 47 scriptures. And, and a it, couple of funny stories that yeah. went along with it that, that he told you that were proof that this works. Yeah. That when you apply this and, um, yeah. So if you want to look up Joe McGee, all his, yeah. he has tons of books. He has tons of literature and yeah. his, he has a podcast. He does yeah. have a podcast. He actually does. Um, I hope he, I hope he hears this and, uh, gets a chuckle out of it. Yeah. Cause it's we got, we got to meet him yeah. and, and talk to him. And we eventually, when we moved to Tulsa later on, we attended the same church together yeah. cause he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. <clears throat> and we all went to church on the move in Tulsa. Um, Willie George's church. Now Whitney George, the son is the, the senior yeah. pastor there. But, but he came to a, a little bitty small church in Canton, Texas for mm-hmm. 15, 20 something years. Then small church too, you know, mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of folks there. Yeah, so we met member him and talked to him mm-hmm. and he remembered us. And even one time in Tulsa, I went to his office and like, can I, can I come talk to you? Cause I need some advice. And I was like, I have nobody up here to talk to that. I, that I know. And we have pastors in yeah, our church. I forgot I about that. I didn't really know. But this one time I went to his office. Mm-hmm. I was like, can I come talk to you about something? And we had, and like man stuff like, Hey, uh, and he remembered us like, yeah, from you know, word of victory, word of victory in Canton, Texas. Like, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we're talking, mm-hmm. he's like, so here's what I'm thinking. He's like, Got to make some money, son. <laughs> he was like, "Remember what? I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure. What am I going to do with my life? You know? Yeah, you know." And he was like, "Well, you got kids." And I was like, uh, "You got to learn how to make some money." Mm-hmm. He's in. He's real big on that. He's like, "Cause you know, yeah, you got to eat, mm-hmm. and your kids want to eat, and you got to have a place to live." It's like, "Yeah, chase your passion, but you better make some money doing it." I'm like, mm-hmm. "All right, that's real." I mean, it's real practical. Yeah. Not like, oh, let's just pray about it. And let's, let's bathe see, it in let's prayer, see what brother. The Lord is. It was just like real practical. It's like you got to make some money, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And X, Y, Z, bam, bam, bam. Here's how you do it. God's given you a gift. Like you have a gift. Everybody has a gift to do something. But, you know, it's to make money Mm -hmm. because you have to provide for your family and serve your fellow man. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. And so what are you good at? What do you like to do? But what are you good at? Right. Because what you like to do and what you're good at may not be the same thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You might like to play basketball, but are you any good at it? Right. Can you make money with that? Mm -mm. You better find something else that you like that you can make money with, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to go like there. sit in his office one on one and like count like counseled me basically like you know mm-hmm. like I forgot about that yeah I haven't yeah I remember it so mm-hmm. I was like wow I remember afterwards I remember you going and then it was just like oh my gosh I can't believe you actually got to sit with him and you know because we respect him so much and and his words of wisdom he was almost like a secondary like spiritual father yeah. to us off to the side spiritual father yeah probably it spoke more into my life about being a dad and a husband than any pastor of any church we've ever been to. Like I mm-hmm. would definitely For say, sure. learn more from him specifically, listen to tapes, reading books, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We quote him all the time. Yeah. So there was, it was a significant, a significant influence on our, on us as a young married couple mm-hmm. that had continued on, you know, mm-hmm. to this years. day. Yeah. To this day. So yeah, yeah. there you there go. You go. So get get you some wisdom, get you some Jesus. Yeah, that's how you that's how you survive. Joe says godly wisdom, godly please for the love of all that's holy. Stop chasing after these stupid fart knockers that don't know a good marriage from a hole in the ground and expect your marriage to work. Mm. Stop it. Yeah. Stop going to your frequent flyer divorcee friends for marriage advice or pity party time. 
because it's not going to have it's not going to work it's it's all it's going to do is just keep digging a hole for yourself marriage is about sacrifice sacrificial love like jesus jesus was a sacrificial love he took down the 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 glory of heaven in order to become a human to love us through our humanity you give up the things of that makes you feel haughty and proud and all this stuff to love a person through the good things and the bad things and that's that's marriage um it's not always going to be pretty but it it's so worth it when you do it god's way so if it doesn't have god in it if it doesn't have tons of scripture and word of god in it put it away it all it's going to do is puff your pride and not mm-hmm. help you um love your spouse and be a good parent so yeah well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. <laughs> now that I know I'm the second guy in the podcast. Oh, gosh. During the commercial break. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. I thought yeah. I was the first. I completely forgot about George. Yeah. George George Vincent was the first of Heavenly Deposit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's a movie star and a director. Yeah. And all that stuff, I guess. George will get a kick out of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he listens to yeah, all the podcasts. Well, you know, he's... You know, I made George laugh for the very made first a movie time, and I thinking guess. that he was somebody from Africa trying to trying to pick up on me. I'm like, "Are you the real George Vincent?" And he was laughing so but hard. To be fair, you do. And get now we're friends. From, you know, Mogadishu trying to like, "Hey, girl, <laughs> you say Mogadishu." Yeah, you know that that was out of left field. I haven't heard of Mogadishu since the '90s. Well, I'm well traveled. <laughs> this is the Clinton administration. I'm well traveled. Zimbabwe. Oh, yes, there you hey, go. Come. Like Uganda. Yeah. Yes. Poor Ugandans. I love them. They get a bad We're praying for you guys. All right. Okay. Well, let's wrap this up because Ryan and I can talk forever. Um, We're going to do do this again. We'll do this again because it was fun. And too many people were so excited about us getting on here and hearing us. I've been waiting. waiting for an opening in your schedule. Oh, hush. Oh, hush. (laughs) Oh, hush. Please. Whatever. You get all these amazing ladies you're interviewing. You're like, well, it is a women's ministry, dude. Come That's on, fine. give me a break. They probably want to hear from a guy every now and then. I, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I can We're tired of hearing from the men. We're tired of yeah. oh, jackalopes telling them what to do. Exactly. Here's what you need to do. I'm a man. I know stuff. I know things. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Okay, we got to go. Okay. All right. Thank you, Ryan. I love you. You're welcome. I love you more. What? what? How dare you? And it's on tape. And it's on tape. I'm going to edit it it's out. It's on digital airwaves. All right. Um, <laughs> Don't edit <what>? it out. <laughs> you let me win this one time. Okay, fine. Okay, good. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, until then, keep the music alive. I mean, just kidding. And the music needs you. Yes, that's our sign out for our YouTube video. Thank you guys for joining us on Giving Hope Podcast. This is Angela and Ryan and Ryan saying good night and y'all be blessed. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.